The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vina Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, striving this week, as every week, to be your public radio source for the information and inspiration you need to start or grow your own real estate investing business. And guys, on Fundrive in September, I need everybody, every listener to pledge $10 so we can get a new microphone that you don't click, knew what was wrong. click the back to make it work because it's a hundred years old and um we're gonna start a get mike a mic fund here at wmkv uh, yeah this one if you touch it wrong it's apparently it's not gonna electrocute me right <laughs> yeah so um you know we're always trying to trying to give you some good news in the legal and legislative arena for real estate investors here on Real Life Real Estate Investing. And we have some today. Um, a bill has been introduced in the U.S. Congress that would amend the Dodd-Frank Act in such a way as to make it possible for you to sell properties on owner financing to homeowner buyers without having to get a licensed mortgage originator involved in the deals that you do at a cost of, oh, I've been quoted anywhere from 1200 to $6,000 to get that LMO guy involved in my deals. And I sell deals to homeowners who don't have good credit or who are buying fixer-uppers to live in. And sometimes they're not even putting down $1,200. So... That whole giant omnibus Wall Street Reform Act that was meant to curb the excesses of subprime lenders ended up taking a big chunk out of the bottom end of the market where folks can't get loans because they're trying they're trying to borrow less than sixty thousand dollars. So they wanna they're handymen and they wanna move into a house that needs some work and the bank won't finance it for them because it needs work or they have bruised credit. And thanks to Mr. Dodd and Mr. Frank, it's very, very difficult now for private sellers uh, to do more than about three of those transactions in a rolling 12-month period. So this new law, not passed yet, Don't I didn't say law, I said this new bill, um, is set up to keep the keep the rules that say you have to actually qualify your buyer, you have to actually check them out and see if they can afford the property. But if you do two or less land contract or owner-held mortgage or even lease option transactions a month, you won't have to get the licensed mortgage originator that's almost impossible to find and very expensive when you do. 
This bill is called H.R. 5301. And what we need you to do is call your congressperson and say, please vote for H.R. 5301 when it comes up for a vote. In fact, if you could, if you're in the Columbus area, call your congressperson and ask them to sponsor it. And maybe we can actually get some positive motion in this regard because, boy, did this crush the small investor who was looking to take risks that bank won't, banks won't take on homeowners that banks will not take the risk on. If you want more information, a more detailed explanation, some talking points for your congressman, you might want to check out orea.com. That's O-R-E-I-A.com. There's a full write-up there. So if this is an issue that affects you or that you care about and do you kind of like the idea of people with not a ton of money being able to be homeowners in these lower-end houses, you know what to do. Today, we are going to talk about a really, really, really crucial um, area of study. That, that, like, 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 this is something that every real estate entrepreneur really ought to be able, or really ought to be devoting as much time to studying it as they are to all the techniques, right? To the how to wholesale and how to screen tenants and how to fix houses and things like that, because without it, you will not have a business. It is, of course, marketing. And without customers, we we don't have any use for our techniques that we spend so much time learning about. Um, my guest today is Kathy Kennebrook, who is just one of those kind of, you know, real estate success stories. She was uh, in the banking industry for 12 years. She was in sales for 10 years. She uh, started doing real estate um, after attending some local association meetings and uh, has bought and sold like 300 houses at this point. And her uh, her success is largely based on the fact that she can find deals in up markets like this one and down markets like we had in 2009 very consistently by using her marketing expertise uh, to do that. So she is joining us from her home in Florida. Uh, let's welcome Kathy Kennebrook. Kathy, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to sharing with our folks today. Yeah, because this is, I mean, we actually, we've we have talked here on the show, I don't know, probably four or five times in the last 20 years. And yeah. in some, there, there, there's some, there's sometimes when, like, I don't, I don't call you for six years in a row, because honestly, it's pretty easy to find deals on MLS, and people don't want to do the work of marketing. But right now, every place I go in the country, yeah, everyone is saying, there's no deals in our market, right? They all think it's unique to their market. Exactly. <laughs> and, and it's not. <laughs> and the truth is, of course, that... The deals are there. They just have to know where to find them. Right. Yeah. And, and this, this squeeze in the, in the inventory that people are reacting to, which is, it, it's really MLS inventory, auction inventory. It's the stuff that's kind of out there and everybody can see it, the high competition stuff. It's everywhere. Like, I don't know any place in the United States that, that you can still go on to MLS and just like take your pick of really good deals. It's just it, the, the, they're just not they're not there. Right. They're exactly. in this they're in the seller direct 
market, which is what you're so good at tapping year in and year out. Um, before we before we kind of jump into the marketing piece, let's talk a little bit more about your business so that, that folks can get some perspective on what it is you're doing with all these deals that you're turning up. Um, how long have you been doing this now? What, what what kind of deals do you look for? What's your big ex? What are your big exit strategies? What is what is Kathy's business look like? Well, as as you know, Vina, your business changes as time goes on, and that's one of the really cool things about being able to target the sellers you want for your own business. So, since I am older now and looking a little bit more toward retirement, what we're kind of doing at this point are targeting the higher dollar sellers in our business. Um, And so basically I'm doing about four or five deals per month and we're targeting high dollar properties, um, primarily by rehab and retail. Um, We have an awesome crew. It's taken a long time to get there. Um, but in the earlier days, we did a lot of other things. We wholesaled when we needed to, when we needed extra cash coming in. I still wholesale now some. If a property comes along, you know, I mean, you're, you know just like I do, if a deal comes along and it makes sense and it's a win-win with you and the seller, do the deal. So sometimes there will be a deal where it's in a neighborhood that I don't particularly care to play in. Um, and so we'll wholesale some of those types of deals. And then I have a pretty large rental portfolio as well. And we've kind of been building in our rental portfolio also for long-term income. Um, and that's coming from more of a retirement perspective at this point in time. In the earlier days, we did a lot more um, uh you know, buy and flip and, and that sort of thing. I have, we do lease options and, and things like that in our business as well. Same thing, longer term income. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So one of the things that um, I think sometimes keeps people from doing the studying they need to be doing about marketing is they say, well, I don't, I don't need to do that because I'm not a wholesaler. Every, everybody, everybody thinks that it's the wholesalers who ought to be doing all the mail and all the signs and all the, you know, that sort of thing. But um, the marketing turns up deals. What you decide to do with them is sort of irrelevant, right? I mean, you can do whatever you want with them, and it turns up all kinds of different deals. Exactly. Um, direct mail marketing is, is very, very targeted, so you're going to get sellers who are much more likely to want to work with you, and you're going to bring in a variety of different types of deals and a variety of different types of sellers when you're doing these direct mail marketing, you know, the direct mail marketing. So as you and I both know, the, the exit strategy comes at the time that you get the deal, so you have a lot of choices. Um, so no, it's not just wholesaling. We keep some and put them into our rental portfolio. We buy rehab and retail. Um, we do lease options. It just depends on how the deal comes at us in the first place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's talk about the market as it is today. Um, well, <laughs> sorry about that. I didn't know you were done. <laughs> well, you know, no, no, you know, you know how in two thousand nine it was sort of. Um, it was reversed from where it, where it is now, right? The, Correct. The deals were easy. Finding the buyers or the qualified renters was tough. And it's almost like I talked to these folks who were, who were kind of newer to the business, who maybe got in in 2010 or 2011, and they're just beside themselves about how, how much of a seller's market it is and how low the inventory is. But you know, you and I, you and I, you and I have been to this rodeo before, right? It- <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And 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 and, folks, I got to tell you, it's just simply not true. 
um, there are a ton of deals out there. Um, and, and the thing that's, that's unique to what I do is when I get the responses from my sellers, I pretty much have all the information I need in order to determine if there's a deal there. And there's some really interesting deals out there. I, we just did a deal, Vina, that on a house I, I just bought, um, and it was an older couple. And the home was in really good shape. It was just sort of vintage. Right. Um, so it needed a lot of updating. And they were having a really hard time because the realtors were telling them, well, in order to put this on the market, you're going to have to do this and this and this and this and this and and they just didn't have the cash or the wherewithal to do that um and so they got one of our letters and contacted us and we put that deal together and what an awesome house we ended up with Mm -hmm. really awesome um Mm -hmm. three thousand square feet four bedroom two bath salt water swimming pool i mean really really awesome you know and that's a house that nobody else knew was out there and that's the whole point of direct mail is finding these sellers that nobody else knows about Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Kathy, we need to take a quick break. And during that break, I'm going to encourage listeners to call or email with any questions that they have about marketing, because this is going to be one of those situations where there's a bunch of people with a bunch of questions and they wait until the last minute to send them in and we're off the air by the time I get them. So now, listeners, during the break, if you have questions about the best ways to market, find deals for Kathy, give us a call at 877-772-9658. Your other alternative is to go to our website, which is realliferealestate.com. Click the ask a question button and send it in via email. But do one of those two things because this is kind of a rare opportunity to get to ask an actual real estate marketing expert real estate marketing questions. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I am your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Kathy Kennebrook, uh, known as the marketing magic lady, because what, what, like many folks, what she does in her business and what she teaches when she's out on the road are, they, while they are the same thing what she teaches is a small part of what she does <laughs> i started to say they're not the same thing well no they are <laughs> it's just that <laughs> it's just that uh you know um the market the marketing part is the part that brings the deals in which does the rest of the stuff that her business does um so let's talk about the debate that um rages on out in the world about the best kind of marketing. You know, it's some people say uh, direct mail is dead. Nobody, nobody, I don't know, checks their mailbox. I don't, I don't know what the argument there is about direct mail being dead. What you absolutely have to do is have a, a really strong web presence. And other people say, no, all you need is bandit signs. Um, wh- where are you weighing in on that argument? Well, I am weighing in that you need to have between three and five marketing tools in place at all times, and one of them has to be direct mail marketing. Um, for, for one thing, you're going to create more leads using fewer marketing dollars. Um, you're going to be able to track and find sellers who would never get your response in any other way. Um, and, you be, you're, and through direct mail, you're able to... Um, cultivate the exact type of lead that you're looking for in a specific area or price range. 
And when you use that response mechanism like I do, you also get the specific information from your seller so the deal is pre-screened for you. Um, you know, honestly, there, there are a lot of folks out there, and, and I hear this a lot, but, you know, not everybody has, not everybody reads the newspaper or watches TV or surfs the net. Um, we track all of this very carefully in our business, and would you believe, um, and this is absolutely true, 25% of folks that I deal with in my business do not own a computer. Um, and we track all of that because we follow up regularly with sellers. So um, direct mail also has less competition. Um, they're not being overwhelmed by messages. And direct mail has a longer shelf life. You know, TV and radio ads are gone instantly, and it's really easy to hit a delete button with email. Um, so folks will hold on to your letters until they need to sell. So basically what you need is to create a variety of marketing tools in your business um, and one of them has to be direct mail in order to reach the largest part of your marketplace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kathy, let's uh, go to the phones. We've got Joe calling on line one from Cincinnati. Joe, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hi, ladies. How are you today? We are wonderful. Joe, how are you? Excellent. I uh, am interested in just purchasing like one more investment property, not uh, 10 or 20 or 30. And uh, I want to buy something off market like you're talking about. When I talked to a local realtor recently, she said, oh, yeah, I run into these all the time. And then she never called me. And so I contacted her and she said, well, before I get to me, Joe, she has all these other investors and they go right to the lender with an, for an REO. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the market. I mean, that is the market right now. Uh, it, it's it it's cr- it's crazy how fast things are moving off of MLS and at right. what prices. That's the really like you know, I'm an agent, man. I can I can get up at four in the morning, see everything that new, new that's gone on the market. Have have yep. have been into it by you know six thirty in the morning with the. Uh, you know, automatic automated showing systems make my offer by seven, and it doesn't matter because somebody is going to pay twenty percent more than I am willing to pay because they've been looking for a deal for so long that they're at the point where they're li- they're literally they will say things like, I-, "I just have to get a deal done. I've got to get my crew busy. I mean, it doesn't matter if it makes money or not. Well, to me, it matters if it makes money. So that's that's what you're up against, Joe. So can you recommend a way to, should I go direct, directly to lenders and talk to them in person or on the phone or by mail? Or uh, gonna, is there any way to ground gonna it? You're going to have the same problem with, I mean, bank-owned properties are basically on-market properties. Because uh, they're, they're, they're somewhere. They're, they're, right. they're on auction.com. They're on um, homepath.com. They're on MLS. They're on uh, um, hudhomestore.com. It's, uh, they, 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 they suffer from the same problem as every other property that is easy to reach out and identify. Well, this realtor said that they don't even get that far, that as soon as this realtor finds out about them from a lender, she goes right to an investor, and the investor talks to the lender, and they never get on the market. So what you're telling Correct. me is, is, is this is, a, this is a, an overfish pond as well. I, I I don't know. You you're the expert. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it <laughs> is. What this so, one realtor said to me. So let me let me let me start by asking you something, and I'm gonna throw this over to Kathy. Do you know what kind of house, in what kind of condition, and in what neighborhood you want? Yes. All right, Kathy. What would you recommend for Joe? Okay, the two things that I would recommend would be number one, I would definitely start fishing those areas. You could use signage in those areas. 
Um, if there's a specific subdivision, for example, you could put a sign at the entrance and the exit to that subdivision with your information. You can also do very, very targeted direct mail campaigns to specific subdivisions in specific price ranges and so forth. Um, you can also contact attorneys directly or by direct mail. Um, and this is kind of a, a really good way to get to get in the, the back door, so to speak, and find some great properties. Because when an attorney has a client come to them um, with a property that they need to sell, no matter what condition it's in, in order for that attorney to be able to, um, you know, liquidate assets, um, they're going to call you first. If you're a person of integrity, you do what you say you're going to do, and you're able to buy the property, those attorneys will start calling you first when they have those deals coming through. So that's another way for you to get into the back door. Um, or you can just, just you know, do a very specific targeted direct mail campaign to certain zip code areas, certain price range of properties, um, out-of-state owners, for example, who own properties where you live. There's a lot of really good ways to get in there and find the deals that nobody else knows about. I appreciate it. Yeah, and Joe, I know for somebody who's who's just looking for the one more property, and and there's 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 a lot of you guys that are you know you have a certain goal per year, and it's it's not huge. You know, I want to buy two or three properties a year until I retire or something like that. Uh, the idea of like ramping up a direct mail campaign can be really overwhelming. Okay. But I think that you're going to find that if you will just if you will just try it, it's not that you're going to have to send out ten thousand pieces of mail or something. If you just that's will. what I, w- I, I was just going to say. You can mail out as many or as few uh, you know letters as you want to. Even at fifty or a hundred letters per week, you're still going to find some really great deals. So it's not like you have to do hundreds or thousands. Yeah, and okay. when you, and when you when you when you weigh the the cost both in time and energy of doing right. something like that versus what I assume you're I assume the deal you're looking for is going to have equity and cash flow and tax breaks and all that stuff and mm-hmm. when you weigh it when you weigh the the cost of doing this against saving ten thousand dollars when you buy a house you'll find that it's worth it. Yes. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you for your call, Joe. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. If you have questions for Kathy Cannabrook, 877-772-9658 is the number to call like Joe just did. Or you can go to our website, which is realliferealestate.com, and simply send in a question through the Ask a Question thingy there. Uh, while you're there, make sure you sign up for our weekly emails because uh, that way, A, you don't miss the live program and the chance to ask the guest questions live. And number two, we always send out an article by or about our guests or their topics. And uh, uh, Kathy did a great a great um, article on, on getting into the marketing mindset and, and really like step by step, what is that about and what do you need to do that folks who had signed up for the e-letter got today and those of you who didn't didn't so that's real life real estate.com um all right kathy let's bring it let's bring the discussion down to the thing that you're sort of um best known for uh have had a lot of success with yourself and that honestly most people don't don't talk about and don't do well and that is direct mail Okay. I know you have seen. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out a way to say this diplomatically because 
I know I know you have seen these postcards that are being advertised right now as kind of the be all end all this shocking postcard gets twelve percent response rate, blah blah blah, and the thing is insulting and threatening and yes. You've seen this one, okay? The, <laughs> <laughs> that that it basically implies that I have contacted you two other times and you haven't responded, and you owe me a response, and you need to call this number because it's an important message about the transfer of your property. You know the one I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean by more people do it than than do it well because that that is not the sort of message that you are sending out to your potential sellers. Oh, absolutely not. Um, you have to meet your seller at their at their comfort level. So we basically, I send out a letter um, that is, you know, the, the language doesn't have to be perfect in the letter. Um, you want to meet them at whatever their comfort level, level is. Each one of my direct mail campaigns is specifically targeted the type of seller that I'm trying to reach so that the language in the letter kind of... Um, you know, targets whatever their situation is. Um, we give them a response area where they will um, respond to the respond to the mailing. Um, they will, um, you know, we're basically touching our seller with the solution to their problem. Um, it focuses on their specific needs. We keep it very simple, folks. The grammar doesn't have to be perfect. Keep it personal. Stay away from using jargon. Don't fill your letter with big words or, or you know, our standard industry-type jargon that they may not understand. Um, begin with a powerful headline and then use a font and a font size that's easy to read because, remember, a lot of these folks may be older folks, you know, and you want to give them something they can read. Um, and then I use that response mechanism in there so that I get the answers to the questions that I have. And, and we use some humor in the letters. You know, we, we do something like, you know, respond to us. Uh, you know, you can respond to this by email, by fax, by phone, by smoke signals, whatever's most comfortable for you. So we keep it really soft and gentle and easy, and, and they relate to us. Um, and then we do these direct mail campaigns repetitively. Um, and what I do, Vina, is we send out the same letter each time. We don't up it or change it because they, they, a lot of times they don't understand, you know, because if we didn't mail it out for 60 days, that it's coming from the same person they got it from last time. So we repeat the mailing with the same letter that we used the last time. And at the end of the letter, we ask them to hold on to this. You know, if, if, if your needs change or you're not ready to sell now, hold on to our letter and give us a call when you are. So everything that we do is very soft and it's very kind of subtle but very direct. And we tell the seller exactly what we want them to do because, folks, if you don't tell your seller what you want them to do, they won't do anything. <laughs> so basically what we do in there is, you know, fill out this information and go ahead and, and, and mail, email, fax, or, you know, smoke signals, whatever's comfortable for you. And that's the way we do it. And we get a huge response rate from our mailings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are starting to get email after email after email coming in from the realliferealestates.com. Um, <laughs> it's a popular site. subject right now, Vina, and I'm glad you asked me to do this call. And it should be, <laughs> and so many people are so lost about it. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the fact that, the fact that, that, those folks who are selling those um, threatening-sounding postcards are actually able to sell them right. is, a, is a huge sign of how right. little real estate investors uh, understand about the psychology 
of the typical motivated seller. I had a, a, a gal from uh, Atlanta that I think you and I both know. Uh, when I when I I had sent, actually sent out an email that said I got this postcard the other day, and I didn't actually at that time know who was promoting it, but I was just beside myself with how bad it was. Like I received it as a potential seller. And I I said, I said, is this really the message that we want to be delivering to people? Because it's so just unkind. And I'm sure it does get a 12% response rate. And I'm sure 11% of that is people calling saying, get me off your list. Never send me any mail ever again. I was just going to say that you beat me to it. Exactly. You know, and when I get an eight or nine percent response rate to my mailings, my mailings are from real sellers with real problems and real properties that they have to sell. And Mm -hmm. the more information they give me in that response area, the better a deal I'm going to make, you know, because I can more aptly, you know, create a deal that's a win-win for the seller and for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, This guy, this gal from Atlanta shared with me that, and she's in real estate, so she knew when she saw the postcard what it was, but her, her elderly mother received it yeah, and called her crying because she thought something was wrong. Right. You know, she thought, oh, I'm, I'm getting, this is legal or it's legislative, you know, something has, something has happened here. Um, and that's just not the reaction you're supposed, the reaction you're supposed to get is a call from somebody saying, I want to sell my house, not. Not right, someone, exactly. not someone calling the state regulators and saying, "I don't know what this is," but somebody's threatening me. So right. we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we will uh, go to the uh, email box here and answer the questions that Tom and Charlotte and Don have sent in. If you have a question, eight seven 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 two nine six five eight is the number to call. You can also go to our website at realliferealestate.com and send the question in through there. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. You can always stay up to date with Real Life Real Estate through our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Estate, or through our website. I only say and through our website. You should just do both. Our website at realliferealestate.com where you can ask questions 24 hours a day, seven days a week, which of course will be answered on the radio. You can ask them anytime you want. They're going to get answered when we're on the radio. Um, so, Kathy, some questions here from the realliferealestate.com website. Uh, question okay. from Tom. He says, I know your primary marketing activity is direct mail. What types of lists do you do? The primary one is out-of-town owners, but what other lists do you use in order of priority? And how many pieces do you mail per month? Okay, Um Order of priority is going to be a little bit different where I live versus where you live, Um, only because there are different sellers where you live than where I live. For example, out-of-state owners is a primary for us because I live in Florida and there are lots of folks who have vacation homes. Um, Another one would be quit-claim deeds. Quit-claim deeds bring us a high number of estate and probate properties, and I live in the geriatric category. Um, so <laughs> it'll be a little bit different from where I live than you live. Um, we farm areas by zip code. Um, we do multifamilies, um, hard-to-find sellers, so the vacant properties, and vacant properties are awesome. Um, pre-foreclosures, of course, expired listings, military transfers, getting the deed, finding your dream home, attorneys, uh, free and clear properties, senior homeowners. So those are some of the types of, of sellers. 
Um, we generally have between three and four different direct mail marketing campaigns in place at any one time. Um, and I mail out a total of about eleven to 1,200 pieces per month for a total of eleven to 12,000 per year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which really is n- not a ton. I mean, I think a lot of no, people. I, I think a lot of people perceive that it must be you know a hundred thousand pieces of no. mail or something. And 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 there's actually folks that I meet when I um, when I when I travel around. It seems like at every group, there's one person who wants to brag that they send out thirty thousand pieces of mail a month. And I'm not exaggerating that number. I know. I I get that too. And and the problem with that scenario is the fact that. Their, their direct mail campaigns are not targeted. So they're mailing out, it's a very shotgun kind of approach. You know, mail out a whole bunch of, of pieces and hope that somebody in that big group has a property they need to sell. The direct mail campaigns that I do are very, very targeted. So, for example, an out-of-state owner, and even within that, there are other parameters that we use to hone in on the most highly qualified sellers within that group. So everything that we do is very, very targeted mm-hmm. um, at very specific kinds of sellers who are much more likely to want to work with us. Therefore, we do a lot more deals using a lot fewer marketing dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that way, we have marketing dollars left over for the other types of marketing that we want to do. Now, Vina, I want to take just a second because I don't want to scare off our, be- our newbie beginners. Folks, you don't have to do that many, many letters per month to get a response. Um, I really suggest a minimum of 50 to 100 letters per week. Um, so I, d- I just didn't want to scare off our newbies by saying what I just said. <laughs> right, um, right. And because what I do is very targeted, that's the reason that we get really good response rates. If you mailed out 30,000 of my letters, you wouldn't be able to handle the response <laughs> rate, and you'd be wasting your marketing dollars in a really big way. Yeah, what I, what I, always, what I always say, because to, 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 this is almost like a point of pride to them, that they're yeah. spending $15,000 a month on postcards or something, right? Right. And um, what I always say to them, if they, you know, if, if, if they are kind of getting in my face about how they're more successful because they spend more money on marketing, is here's the problem, dude. You live in, you know, fill in the blank. You live in San Antonio, Texas. There aren't 30,000 motivated sellers a month for you to be mailing to. Exactly. You're, you're mailing to you're mailing to the 600 actually motivated sellers, and then twenty nine thousand four hundred random people that I don't know where you're getting them. You're just you're just like I don't know blanketing neighborhoods or something, because right. there's there's a difference between just mailing Correct. and mailing to motivated people. Exactly, and we use specific lists that we buy from list brokers or from the property appraiser's office, but every mailer that I do has very specific parameters within the mailing so that we're really targeting. I don't, if, I'm, if I'm spending money on, on direct mail, I'm not wasting my money doing a shotgun. Um, shotgun is for stuff like signage and, and, you know, and, and business cards and that kind of stuff, not for direct mail. And mm-hmm. so everything we do is very, very targeted, and the lists are very targeted, you know, that, that we use to find these specific kinds of sellers. This is an email from Charlotte, who is uh, from the Nashville market. 
which actually is one of the hottest markets in the United States. She says, I am brand spanking new to real estate investing. Cool. How do I choose a list or resource to start to market to? Should it be a certain zip code, out-of-state owners, probate info over a certain period? Should I go after bank-owned properties? Okay, number one, don't go after bank-owned properties because that's a market that's really open to a lot of people. You want to find the sellers that nobody else knows about. The first thing I always suggest to any new person in real estate is check your demographic. Figure out what your market is made up of. So, for example, here in Florida, we have a lot of vacation homes. We have a lot of elderly homes, uh, you know, folks, elderly folks. We have a lot of, you know, um, estate and probate because that's where I live and that's, that's my market. So the first thing that I want you to do is check your demographics. See what your market is made up of um, and t- you know, the types of, of owners that there are in your area. Are there a lot of vacation homes? And there very well may be in Nashville because that's a vacation area also. Figure out what that demographic is made up of and then target the sellers that you're interested in for your specific um, needs in your specific business. If there are specific zip code ranges, you know, go after those. If there's a specific dollar range of property that you're looking for, go after those. Um, You definitely want to be targeting the vacant properties in your area. Vacants are free leads. The more difficult it is for you to find the owner of that vacant property, the better a deal that you're going to make. Um, So that's really kind of what, what I would suggest is, you know, kind of check that demographic and see what your market is made up of. And those are the sellers that you really want to target. Mm -hmm. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. 877-772-9658 is probably the safest way to try and ask a question since we're getting up to about uh, five minutes before the end of the show. You can also try sending us an email uh, via the website at realliferealestate.com. Gosh, I got so many more questions here for you, Kathy. I'm trying to like, like, mentally um, pare them down to what I think folks are, are most going to need uh, to know. I'll tell you uh, one big issue that I hear with a lot of uh, real estate entrepreneurs who are, I mean, we're already running 900 different directions, right? Because the, 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 the mail goes out, the calls come in, we've got to answer the calls. We've got to yep. interview the sellers, yep. evaluate the properties, <laughs> go see them, If uh, you know, put them under contract, then we've got to sell them or we've got to fix them or we've got to rent them. There's all this sort of stuff. And, and one thing that kind of often falls by the wayside is something you have mentioned several times, and that is tracking, tracking right. the mailings. Because especially if you have, you know, you said you have at any given moment five different things happening, which means over the course of the year you probably have 20, right? Because you have five and maybe Because you have the, we do residual mailings. Correct? Right, right. So, so how do you keep track of what went out, what came back as a bad address, who called, who you bought a deal from, so you probably shouldn't mail them another postcard because you already bought their house, (laughs) all of that sort of stuff. I use a specific um, uh, software program to kind of track everything. However, if you are a beginner, when we started out, Vina and I didn't know what I was doing, we had like, you know, we had these charts on the wall. And and one of the things that we did very quickly was we automated this. Folks, I don't want you doing the direct mail campaigns. There are lots of ways to hire folks to do the direct mail campaigns for you. So what we do is when my girls get done doing the mailings, they bring them to me in, in a big, you know, uh, big bin. 
um, and then and they get paid, and then somebody in our office takes them to the post office. So that tells me, for example, out-of-state owner mailing one out today that gets, you know, that, that would get marked on my wall. Um, and then we would start tracking the responses, and we track the responses for each direct mail campaign that we do so we know which ones are bringing us the highest response rate so we can kind of target those direct mail campaigns specifically. Um, so right now, at this point in time, we do use a software program, um, and it, it does everything you just said. It tracks the sellers. It tracks my deals. It tracks who I've got to follow up with and when, when I need to repeat this direct mail campaign um, and so forth. And so we do a lot with, with, the, with the software because without it, I'd be lost at this point. <laughs> but in the beginning, it wasn't that bad. We literally used charts on the walls until we got to a point that we were doing enough that we felt like implementing software, a software program would work really well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I know for years I did is I I didn't have a I didn't guess I didn't have enough walls in my house to have a big whiteboard. I just had pieces <laughs> yeah, of paper right. with hash marks on them, and then I switched over to um, Excel spreadsheets, and that was fine while I was only doing fifty pieces of mail a week. Right. Know, the, the size of the, the, it's very very trackable that way. You you can you could say exactly who you mailed to, and then when you get a call, you can make a check mark. You uh, get a piece of return mail. You can mark it do not mail. When you're getting to the point where you're doing 12,000 pieces of mail a year, you probably should get some ready-made software for that. Um, Okay, Kathy, postcards or letters? Okay, um, we already know my feeling on that. (laughs) Well, I do, Um, but listeners don't. (laughs) Okay, so, so postcards do have their place occasionally. I will use them occasionally to, um, test a new list. Um, we use a postcard program specifically to fill our buyer's pipeline, um, and we mail those out to you know areas where there are high numbers of rentals and apartment complexes and things like that. So postcards have their place. For finding motivated sellers, definitely not. Um, and the reason for that, Vina, is well, number one, people so- sort their mail over the trash can. We both know that. Most of them go in the garbage straight from the front. Number two, I can't get enough information on a postcard, and I can't provide my seller with the response mechanism that I need in order to get the information that I want from them to do the deal. Um, and so that's the one thing that's so unique about what I do is that my letters have that response mechanism so that when I get the response from the seller, I've already got the deal kind of pre-screened for me. And for our newbie beginners, that's huge because that takes a whole other obstacle out of the equation for those guys. Um, So, yeah, for for direct mail, for finding motivated sellers, not so much. (laughs) So, gosh, again, you know, so so many so many things I still want to ask you. Um, Given the various ways that you have, uh, that you give, and you've alluded to this, you, you give sellers different ways to contact you. Uh, you can call me, you can send back a letter, you can email me. I, do you still say, do you still ask them if they want to fax you? Is that still on your <laughs> list? Because I think it was. I get, I get about four to five faxes a month. Okay. So, yes, so, so you're like the See, only person who saying. has a fax machine you, still. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's the type of fax machine where they fax and it goes right to your computer. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, my IT guy set it up. I don't know how. That's that's what it does. <laughs> so, 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 what is like like if you t- if you took all of the different response mechanisms, what is the number one way that people like to contact you? Number two, number three. Snail mail, email, fax, 
phone. Interesting. Um, snail mail is, and here's why, Vina. Here's the other idea that people simply don't do within their direct mail campaigns, and they really, really should. Um, if you have photographs, would you please send me some photographs? Write in the letter. Well, how are they going to send you photographs? They're going to send them to you primarily by snail mail and email. Uh-huh. And so basically, your sellers are going to do what you tell them to do. And so 90% of my sellers don't pick up a telephone and call me. Um, and even when they do, they, they call and they leave this whole long message telling me every single thing about the property, which is awesome. Because I'm only dealing with these very, very targeted, very specific kinds of sellers who want to work with me. Okay, so we only have like one minute left. So um, biggest tip you can give someone, like a success tip, that that either has not done mailings before or hasn't been consistent with it. Well, the first thing you have to do is be consistent with your marketing, period. You can tune it up or turn it back, but you can't stop marketing. And I know that a lot of times beginners get really scared about that. I know I was. You know, I, I'm, I was marketing to motivated sellers, and I got my first deal, and it was like, okay, I'm going to stop marketing until this one's done. <laughs> you know, and then you ended up doing this roller coaster thing with your business because all of a sudden you weren't getting any more leads. So mm-hmm. you have to continue doing – you've got to be consistent with your mailings, be consistent with your marketing, and get off your duff and do something. Um, you've got to do something to find sellers every single day. If you don't tell people that you buy and sell houses, you won't. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be the biggest tip that I, could, that I can offer is just to simply get out there and do something. Get your marketing in place. Get started doing something to find the motivated sellers. Once you get the deals coming in, folks, there's you know, your local real estate club, there's folks that can help you get through that deal if you're, if you're a newbie beginner. Um, but you've got to get out there and get started. Very good. Thank you so much, Kathy Kennerbrook. Uh, Kathy will be one of the featured speakers at the 2016 OREA National Real Estate Conference coming up November 3rd, 4th, 5th, and 6th. More about that as uh, we approach that date. We will be back m- next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Happy investing.